This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Y'all may have noticed it's Mother's Day. And uh, for a little over 100 years now in this country, we've celebrated mothers once a year. And so, of all days, the most uh, unpolished, if you will, speaker is standing before you. Just a country bumpkin. Plain spoken country bumpkin, but I guarantee you I love the Lord just as much as any of the rest of you here. So for a little while this morning, I hope and pray that the things that we look at from God's Word is uh, beneficial to you. And... uh, and something that makes your time here worthwhile this morning. We have some new additions to this congregation, and I'd like to welcome you, uh, if I haven't already. We're so thankful you're here. We have visitors here this morning, and we're glad you're here as well, and we hope that you come back here at every opportunity that you have. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures this morning that uh, meant a lot to me because I could relate to them in some form or fashion, and I want to share my thoughts on them this morning for just a little while. The first one we want to look at comes from the book of Samuel. We're going to look at a young mother, a young lady first, before she became a mother. Her name was Hannah. And I'm going to read out of the King James Version this, this account. The title of this message, as you see, is The Influence of a Godly Mother. I could not get a black marker to work, so it's a little faint. The Influence of a Godly Mother. Mothers have some of the most influential and important jobs in the world. We find in first book of Samuel that there was a man named Elkanah, and he had two wives. And one of these wives' name was Hannah, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord, of hosts and Shiloh and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to both of his wives and to one of them's sons and her daughters portions of this meat to be sacrificed. But unto his wife Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary, his other wife, picked on her about it. Provoked her sore, it says, for to make her fret. Made her jealous. Because the Lord had shut up her womb. So here we have an adult woman, a mother of children, making fun of another woman who was childless. Very mature. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, she, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. So Hannah was distraught every year that went by that she didn't have any children, that she did not become a mother, to the point that she was in tears over it and her appetite was gone. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? 
Am not I better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man-child then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life and there shall no razor come upon his head. And so it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. So Eli the priest, he's sitting over there on his stump at the entrance there and he's watching Hannah pray and he starts noticing that her mouth is moving. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. So she was praying silently, but her mouth was moving. Therefore Eli thought she had been drinking, drunk, thought she was drunk. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. And Elkanah her husband said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good, tarry until thou hast weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and an ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. Cindy and I were married a little over 31 years ago. And six months after we were married, we started trying to have children. And months went by, and years went by, and it was five years later that the Lord opened Cindy's womb. So I can relate to this young lady here, because I watched my wife go through some of these same emotions that Hannah did, and me along with her. We wanted children very bad. Put these on so I can see y'all's faces. Maybe I'll take them off. No, I'm just. <clears throat> um, my wife wanted six children. She prayed for six children all that time. 
And ultimately, the Lord gave her those six children. Three boys and three girls. And that was just yesterday. Two of them are left at home that are not uh, 18 yet. Dalton's still there, I guess. <laughs> but my wife told me this morning that her heart was full because she knows in her heart that all six of them children love her because they express so. And she's very happy today that the Lord blessed her with those six children that she asked for. And this young lady right here, she's very thankful and she's very happy that the Lord blessed her with the child that she asked for. And she was so grateful that she gave that child to the Lord after just spending approximately three years with him. And I got to thinking, can you imagine what those three years were like for Hannah before she turned that son, her first child, over to Eli the priest? Here's this little boy, and she is, she's prayed for, she loves this child, and all too quickly, he's weaned, and she has committed and promised the Lord that she would give that child to the service of God. Oh, I bet that was a hard trip up to Shiloh that year. But see, she was a godly mother. And God was the most important thing in her life. And she followed through with her promise, and the Lord blessed her with other children. Now, this priest Eli, he... He had a good reputation, but his other sons did not. And I'm sure Hannah knew that because it wasn't a secret that his sons were not good. But yes, she gave that, her son into that situation. And oh, can you imagine the joy every year after that? Going up to see her son every year, one year later. And she'd make a little coat for him and bring up there every year. And could you imagine him looking and Eli telling him, it's about time for your mama to be coming to your dad. And him watching and waiting every year for his mama to show up. Can you just imagine how excited they both were and see them run up and hug each other every year? I can't imagine how difficult but how wonderful that experience was every year. <laughs> and then all too soon, a day or two later, have to leave. Samuel, her son was instrumental in the establishment of Israel's monarchy. God chose him to anoint and counsel Israel's kings. During his life, he was a priest, a judge, a prophet, a seer, and called of God to anoint of kings. He anointed two, Saul and David. Don't you know that Hannah was busy in that little time that she had just as soon as that little boy could understand who God was? And what his purpose was going to be, that she was telling him that every day and getting him prepared and ready to do God's work. And then the Eli, the priest, took off where she left off and took over. And Samuel <laughs> affected the history of Israel and the world forever just because of a godly mother. A godly mother who put him first above all, no matter how hard and how difficult it was. Praise God for godly mothers. Let's look at uh, 
<clears throat> another one. Now I'm going to read this account out of the NLT for easier reading. When I was born in 1971 in southern Colorado, I was surrounded by not only a mother, but two wonderful grandmothers. One of my grandmothers uh, told me many times the account of shoveling sand and dirt out of her house in West Texas with a grain scoop often. My mother has told me many times that counts as a little girl in that same house laying on the floor, the wood floor, and looking down through the cracks at the rattlesnakes laying under the house. My grandparents on my mother's side, they met near Gainesville, Texas, chopping cotton. Hard, grueling work. My dad's mother was, my grandmother on the Westbrook side was probably one of the hardest working women I ever saw. Until God took her one night, moments before worship service started in Bayfield. <clears throat> and then my mother, she raised six of us children. And... I'd have to say, probably in my opinion, I was probably the, the naughtiest, the most rebellious, the most unthankful of them all. And, uh, but she still acts excited to see me when I go over there. <laughs> and so I'm thankful. Now I'm going to go see her this afternoon. I can't wait. My mother did not have an easy life. I didn't know that for a long time. I was a child unaware of things, but looking back, I know my mother did not have an easy life. We were never hungry. I always had clothes. Now, you may think that I dress a little old-fashioned in Wrangler jeans and boots, but for the first 12 and a half years of my life, all of my shirts, my mother made them. And I liked them. <laughs> because I didn't know any better. <laughs> but she did a great job, and I enjoyed them then. <clears throat> and that was back before uh, homemade clothes went out of style. Now you hardly see anybody anymore, male or female, wearing homemade clothes. It's not in style. But my mother spent many a toiling days over a sewing machine sewing clothes for all six of us kids. I didn't appreciate that then. I don't know how many times I saw my aunts, my grandparents, my mother snapping green beans and canning everything they could out of the garden because that's what we ate come wintertime. We didn't go to the grocery store. There wasn't a grocery store. There wasn't a Dollar General. There wasn't a Walmart on every corner. My mother went to town on average once a month and bought a few things in bulk to go with the groceries that we raised on our place. They worked their fingers to the bone morning and night. So my mother and my grandparents, my grandmothers, they had a huge influence in my life. <clears throat> Let's read about a story that mentions mothers and grandmothers. In 2 Timothy, 
We're going to read in a letter that Paul wrote. <clears throat> Second Timothy chapter 1. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. I am writing to Timothy, my dear son. My dear son, may God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Now before I finish this letter, I just want to tell you the reason why I've chosen to share this letter in its entirety because not only because it mentions a godly grandmother and a godly mother in it and we get to see the result of their influence in Timothy's life but because although mothers are important and we're honoring mothers today Jesus Christ is more important and we come here to honor Jesus Christ the creator of mothers more importantly than anything else. And so, we want everything we do in life, we want to point to Jesus. He's the most important. So whether it be through mothers, fathers, or whatever it is, everything in our life should magnify Jesus Christ. And this letter not only appreciates grandmothers and mothers, but it points to Jesus Christ. The most important thing that a mother can tell her children about, Jesus Christ. Second Timothy chapter 3, Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith. For you, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother, Louis. Louis. Maybe that's Lois. I could never figure it out if it's Lois or Lois. And your mother, Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. So here, the, Apol the Apostle Paul is acknowledging that Timothy's grandmother and mother were godly women and that they had a huge influence on Timothy, teaching him about Jesus Christ. Now, Timothy's father, from what <clears throat> history uh, can, can teach, is that he was not a believer in God. He was a Grecian. He was from Greece. But his mother was raised a Jew, and she believed in God very mightily, and then... Obviously, once Christianity, the gospel of Jesus Christ, was presented to her, she believed and became a believer in Jesus Christ and taught her son this as, long, as well as her grandmother, as well as his grandmother. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, Timothy, timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So, never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for Him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saves us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserve it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. 
So if you're a mother here this morning, I don't know each and every one of you's personal circumstances in your home every day raising your children. But I have been around a mother raising children enough that I know that it can be very trying. And there's a lot of trials and tribulation in raising children, especially several at a time of different ages. It's hard work. It's unthankful work. Most children are not grateful and thankful when they're young. They don't have the capacity to think that way. And so the same patience that Jesus Christ has on us, even as adults, in the way we behave and treat Him, our mother, our father figure, we should have the same grace toward their unthankfulness, just as the Lord Jesus and God is merciful for us in our ungratefulness and our unthankfulness for all He does and has done for us. Think about that as we read this letter. Continue reading this letter. And now, in verse 10, He has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way of life, the way to life and immortality, through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. That is why I am suffering here in prison, but I am not ashamed of it. For I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. As you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me, even Figulus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show special kindness to one for us and all his family because he often visited and encouraged me. He was never ashamed of me because I was in chains. When he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. May the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return. And you know very well how helpful he was in Ephesus. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by, man, by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Passing the faith along is what he's talking about here. There's nothing more important for a mother to do in life than to pass the faith along. Especially in a society where we see such an erosion of faithlessness. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I am saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with Him, we, live also, we also live with Him. 
If we endure hardship, we will reign with Him. If we deny Him, He will deny us. If we are unfaithful, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny who He is. Remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless and they can ruin those who hear them. Work hard so you can pres present yourself to God and receive His approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like cancer, as in the case of Hymenaeus and Philetus. They have left the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription, The Lord knows those who are His, and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the Master to use you for every good work. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Boy, we sure enjoyed the companionship yesterday of that, didn't we? All those beautiful little daughters who someday, real soon, if the Lord's will, will be mothers. But it won't be long. There was some little girls there. But tomorrow, they won't be little no more. It happens just like that. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts, and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Now what we just read right here, it specifically says that's what is down the road from today. So our future children, our future mothers are possibly going to see what was just described here. And it's not going to be easy. There have been many times in history where it's not been easy to be a mother, to have your children snatched out of your arms and you never see them again. But to raise children in a society that's described right here, that's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. Godly mothers have a huge role to play in society. There 
They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are forever following new teachings, but they are never able to understand the truth. So important for godly mothers to be grounded, firm in the truth, no matter how hard life gets, no matter how hard society gets, no matter what new fad or tradition is coming along. Stay in the Word. Teach this Word that Paul, the, the Apostle Paul was teaching Timothy and that Timothy was taught by his mother and grandmother. Just keep teaching it over and over to your children the same way that it was taught here in this Scripture. God's Word is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and no matter what society does, it does not change. These teachers oppose the truth just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses. They have depri depraved minds and are counterfeit faith, and a counterfeit faith, but they won't get away with this for long. Someday, everyone will recognize what fools they are, just as with Janus and Jambres. But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but evil people and impostors will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive this salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. When I read this, I could just immediately go back to the living room when I was a little boy. Often my mother would sit down of an evening after homework and would open up the Bible and read out loud to us as a family. The story of Jonah. The story of Samson. The story of Noah. All of those classic Bible stories. I heard them first from my mother's mouth after a long, hard day's work when she had rather been in bed. I don't know how many times she apologized for drifting off to sleep reading those stories to me. I didn't appreciate that. I do now. I do now. Read the Word to your children every chance you get, no matter how tired you are. It's very important that it gets in here when they're young. Because Satan's going to try to rip it out just as soon as he can. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. That's your children. That's my children. That's going to happen to them. Many of us, it's tried to happen to us. It's important to get that word, the truth, in there before the lies come. 
But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of His return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who are eagerly looking forward to His appearing. Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. I was thinking here, all of these people for so many years in Paul's life were with him, just like our children for so many years, they're with us. And then all of a sudden, there comes a time in our life, just like his friends scattered and left him alone through the time they needed him most. As our children enter adulthood, we have no idea what they're going to do or where they're going to go. We have no control over that. And they may leave us. And they may go afar. And they may scatter through the four corners of the earth. Can't do a thing about it. We only have a small, short time of opportunity to influence our children. And oh, how easy it is to not take advantage of that. Mothers don't miss the opportunity to take advantage of these small children no matter how hard it is. It's so important. And fathers, hopefully you're providing the opportunity in an environment that makes it easier. Instead of putting more burden on your wife and your mother and the mothers of your children. That's so easy to do. In finishing up this letter, he says, I sent... Tychicus to Ephesus, when you come, be sure to, to bring the coat I left with Carpus at Troas. Also bring my books and especially my papers. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Be careful of him, for he fought against everything we said. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them, but the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. The name Timothy means honoring God. And Timothy honored God. It's believed, to have been, he, it's believed that he was martyred at Ephesus after protesting the worship of Artemis, a Greek goddess in mythology. God's instruction and roles for wives and mothers has not changed. However, society has changed the role of wives and mothers. And it will be one of the main reasons for the demise of society over, overall 
in the, in the years just ahead as prophesied here in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that we read about. What about you, Mom, this morning? Well, you have the tenacity, as Paul did and Timothy did, to raise your children with the godly influence that the Lord has entrusted you with through hard times and good times, no matter what. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. He's promised it. I heard a song this morning. The title of it was, When the Reason I'm Standing Stands in Front of Me. <laughs> Come, Lord Jesus. I hope the message this morning has been edifying to you mothers especially, but to all in general, because I hope that we have ultimately pointed to Jesus Christ this morning and His saving grace, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's there. The invitation is always there. If you're here this morning and you have not become a child of God, you've not obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ and started living the life in true freedom, this baptistry is right here, ready and able. Maybe you're a child of God this morning and, boy, you just noticed that you find your face planted in the dirt a lot with Satan's foot on your neck and you're just having trouble getting up and dusting yourself off and pressing on. And maybe you'd like to have the prayers of the church to encourage you this morning, some hugs of the faithful to encourage you along. One or more, we ask you to come while we stand and sing the song that's been selected. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71, Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479 647 2658. May God bless you.